Thanks for joining us on Money Minds by Monet, a podcast with a refreshing outlook on finances. Here, we will talk about how changing our thoughts about money directly affect how our money works for us. Hi, I'm Monet, and in this episode, I will be talking about debit cards versus credit cards. Now, this is a passionate subject of mine because I was literally scared of credit cards for years. You see, I grew up in a not-so-good area, and all around us, you could see poverty, scarcity mindset living, and debt. And as a child and young adult, of course, I didn't understand much. But what I did come to learn, as we discussed in episode one, is that credit cards were bad. Or I'll do you one better. I'll do you one better. Credit cards were only for rich people, people who were well off and made enough money to pay all that debt back. So you should stay as far away from credit cards as possible. Has anyone else grown up thinking this or hearing this narrative about credit cards? Let me know on my Facebook and Instagram page, okay? Leave a comment. But what I did not know was that the impoverished areas were programmed to think that way so that we would steer clear of the wealth that we had access to and stay out of the way, so to speak. But I am glad of the wisdom that God gave me, for I sought with all of my heart for knowledge, understanding, and wisdom of how to climb out of the poverty ditch and free my mind of the lies, the misconceptions, and almost truths that have been fed to the many generations of Black people and minorities. And this wisdom that I have attained, I gladly share to each and every person under the sound of my voice. Credit cards are not bad. You not hear me? Let me say it again. Credit cards are not bad. Do you want to know what is bad? The lies. There is an agenda in the low-income neighborhoods that is constantly pushed and that keeps these areas and the people that live there in the scarcity mindset. Think about it. I don't have to do much besides remember where I grew up. What I saw and what I heard, what my family and I were a part of. Hear me out. Because you may not know this or have recognized this before. I can always tell when I visit a new city and when I have arrived in the Black or minority neighborhoods. Besides some obvious things, you see pawn shops, cash advance places, check cashing places, and payday loan places. And when you walk into a store, you may see MoneyGrams and other money transfer services more advertised than in other areas. And then there are commercials, or what they like to call them now, ads 
that are based in that area of the city that push cash cards. No need to have a bank account. You can load your paycheck to this card, use it like cash, and have money at your fingertips. This secured card is all that you need. But why is that? And why is this a lie? I'll tell you why. This is a reality because the larger agenda or the local government historically was set to keep our money leaking out of these areas and to keep us slaving for it again. It's like drinking from a dripping faucet instead of working to fix the leak altogether and have flowing water. It's the fuel to the scarcity mindset. Have your cash. Keep your cash. Put it under your mattress. Don't trust the banks. Stay away from credit cards. It's a scam. That is not your money. They just want to trap you into debt. Do any of those phrases sound familiar? Oh, (laughs) they sound familiar to me. Fresh even. I can call my mom right now, and she would admit to saying or even thinking many or all of these things. Now, don't get me wrong. Cash is not bad either. It has its place. None of this stuff is bad. We have to quit labeling things so much. Sometimes an idea is just an idea, and it doesn't have to be good or bad. I'll be the first one to tell you how cash envelope budgeting got me out of debt. It enabled me to see and track what my money was doing. And I learned to manage my finances better. So don't hear me wrong, okay? (laughs) But the cash agenda in the impoverished areas keeps people broke. How? Because with cash, either you have it, Or you don't. And when you don't, you're broke. And if you need to borrow money, you'll either have to pawn your only valuable items and family keepsakes, in turn losing those historical family treasures, or leverage your car, which is your only transportation to work, with a payday loan. This stuff makes the owners of these shops wealthy by taking advantage of your desperation. But you and your family become poorer. And at some point, you would have given up or sold all of your valuables and heirlooms just to survive. Do you see how these areas are strategically stripped of their history and valuables? It's robbery! This is how the local government keeps these areas poor. It's all historical facts. This is not a conspiracy theory. These are facts. They make us feel like money is fleeting and that the best thing in the world is cash and that borrowing equals losing your valuables. Never borrow. Keep cash. Only spend what you have. Trust no one. It's really sad. And if this is the first time you're hearing about this, I'm glad you tuned in. Because ethnically targeted government agenda has been flourishing for years. 
But hey, there is hope. Money Minds by Monet is here to educate you so you can be better and do better financially. But before we unpack the gems, let's take a quick sidebar. With Money Minds by Monet, I want to not only introduce thoughts and ideas to you, but my goal is to also map it back to your mind and challenge your thought patterns. Think of this podcast as an opportunity to have a virtual chat with me, Monet, and we're just chilling and talking, vibing off a fresh view of money concepts and improving our lives. I am here creating a non-judgmental zone for us to evolve into the best version of ourselves. And before we move on, I want to mention an important thing, okay? For each podcast episode, I will post a discussion on Money Minds by Monet Facebook page and Instagram feed. Again, that is Money Minds by Monet, M-O-N-E, on both Facebook and Instagram. I welcome your reactions to each episode, and I invite you to participate in the discussions that strike up in the post. I also appreciate if you will leave a review of my podcast on your listening platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, etc. As that will continue to push Money Minds by Monet to the top of the charts. Now, how many of you have debit cards? Raise your hand. <laughs> and how many of you have credit cards? Come on, raise your hands. I can see you. I can feel you raising your hand right now. Okay. Now tell me, which card do you use to buy groceries? To buy gas? To pay bills? Online shop? To pay for vacations? If you're over here saying debit, credit, credit, Debit. <laughs> Debit. I'm glad you're listening today. This wasn't a trick question. Every single answer should have been credit cards. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's unlock this thing. Hear me out. I know debit cards are beginning to evolve and are starting to sound more and more similar to credit cards as far as benefits and perks. But facts are facts. Debit cards provide direct access to your cash money. It is directly tied to your bank account. Yes? Yes. And for that very reason, I urge you to listen in and follow my recommendations. Debit cards were the evolved thing back in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. They were advertised as the technological plastic card that will be the replacement for carrying a checkbook. And it did what it promised. Okay, it, it did what it did. The perks back then are the same now, but now we are more advanced. Debit cards are indeed safer than carrying cash. They indeed eliminate the need to carry checkbooks. We can use them to withdraw money 
from an ATM without ever entering a bank. Woo. (laughs) There is no interest when paying with your debit card. Okay? Now, to be fair, here are the not-so-good things about a debit card. They have limited fraud protection when compared to a credit card. Your spending limit depends on how much cash you have in your bank account. And if you use more money than you have, overdraft fees are charged to your account per day. And using a debit card for purchases does not build your credit score, nor does it earn you points or cash back. So I guess you're wondering, well, Monet, then what the heck do I need a debit card for? Are you telling me to get rid of my debit card? No, no, not at all. All things have their purpose. The Bible says that a house is built by wisdom and becomes strong through good sense. This means that in order to have your finances run smoothly, you must seek God's wisdom and use your common sense to walk this thing out. Okay? So do keep your debit card in case you need to withdraw cash in an emergency. Also, keep your debit card in case someone gives you cash. You can then use an ATM to deposit that money directly into your bank account and not have to carry large sums of cash around. And now, what I've been waiting all week to tell you about. (laughs) My favorite, credit cards. Let's unlock this thing. (laughs) Like many of you, I grew up hearing the negative things about credit cards. But at the ripe age of 25, I began to research and learned about my credit score and how I can improve it. And the one thing that kept coming up was to get a credit card and use it in a healthy way, the right way. Of course, I had to learn what healthy was and then watch as my new money habits increased my credit score month by month. Now, we're not going to go too deep into credit cards because I can easily do that and make this a two-hour episode. (laughs) I'm going to keep it simple this time around, okay? But I will definitely give you enough information to get you started, okay? A credit card is also provided by a bank, but it issues you a line of credit based on a pre-approved credit limit. When you swipe the credit card, you're accessing the bank's funds, not your own. And as such, you will need to pay the bank back the money that you have now borrowed. Okay? Stay with me. (laughs) Using the bank's money protects your cash. Because if fraud were to happen, the bank has a fraud investigation team that will take on a disputed charge to get, essentially, their money back. So none of your cash is affected by this. For a credit card, 
there are two very important dates that you must come to understand. You have a statement date and a due date. The due date is the date that the bank expects you to pay back the money you have borrowed from them that month from swiping your credit card or online shopping. Each month, they expect their money back. If you do not pay the full amount back by the due date, the bank will add on interest, which will be a percentage of what you still owe. This interest accrues daily or monthly, but is charged monthly until the full amount is paid back. Then there is the statement date. Y'all listen here because this is important. A lot of people confuse this or don't even know that there is a statement date. You can find your statement date on your bill, whether it's paper bill or whether it's electronic bill. They have your statement date on there, okay? Your credit card balance on this date is how your credit card usage will affect your credit score. Each month on your statement date, which is about 10 days before your due date, the bank will report how much of your credit line you are using to the three credit bureaus. So if your credit card has a limit of $5,000 and you're using $200, the bank will let the credit bureaus know that you're using 4% of your credit line. This, my dears, is your credit utilization. Remember from last week? So to make yourself look good, you want to make sure that by your statement date, the total amount of credit you are using is below 10%. I will discuss this more at a later time. I told you this could become a long discussion pretty quickly. But I will tell you that the amount that you charge on your credit card can be whatever amount, any of those other days. Just know that by the statement date, pay that down to 10% or lower. And then after that date, you can do whatever you want up until the next statement date. Credit cards also come with perks. Depending on the bank that issues the credit card, you can either earn a percentage of cash back or points from using the credit card. There's usually 1% to 6% cash back offered for each dollar spent using your credit card. For points, they accumulate and can be cashed in for cash or used to discount the price of future purchase items like on Amazon. They'll show you if your the credit card that you have on file has points and they'll tell you how many points equals the amount of whatever you're purchasing. So you can either use partial points or you can completely pay for your Amazon purchase using your credit card points instead of actually buying it with your, you know, on credit or with your money. You can accumulate points one times to three times the points for every dollar spent using your credit card. For example, with Chase, every 1,000 points are worth $10.70 if you want to cash out your points. 
You can even use points and cash back to pay down your credit card balance. Isn't that cool? Now, there's a strategy to credit cards that you must learn so that you don't get caught up. But I don't have time to go into that right now. Let me know in the comments on my Facebook page and on Instagram if you want to learn more, okay? And that leads us to the Money Minds Call and Response. The call is, which should I use, my debit card or my credit card? And the Money Minds response, while both your debit and credit cards have their place, you should be using your credit card wisely and with proper strategy to make your everyday purchases. Because with your credit card, you can earn points, cash back, and increase your credit score with healthy usage. And that's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next Tuesday here on Money Minds. And remember, wealth, it starts in your mind. <laughs>